listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. All right, welcome to a new episode recording this on a Sunday night after the Lakers. It's a pretty fun game. They got a 122-114 win over the New Orleans Pelicans. LeBron James, superhuman effort in this one, 34 points, 13 assists, 12 rebounds. He was money in the fourth quarter as well if you didn't get a chance to watch it. Uh, Kyle Kuzma also had a pretty good night. He finished with 20 points on the other side, Zion Williamson. Williamson made Kuzma look like he was an amateur on the defensive end. Uh, Zion was a beast too, 12 of 16 from the field, 11 of 13 from the line. Uh, he finished with 35 points. But more importantly, like I said, Lakers are now sitting, uh, extending their lead on top of the Western Conference. They're at 46 and 13, bouncing back after that Grizzlies loss yesterday, which was ugly. But they're five and a half up on the Denver Nuggets and the LA Clippers. Don't forget as well, subscribe to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. We are on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, we are there. And of course, check out silverscreenandroll.com for all your Lakers needs. Joining me today, he's going to be joining me the next couple of episodes after after Lakers games we, as we start breaking them down. Uh, a man who most people on this podcast network are going to know, Anthony Irwin. Anthony, what's going on, my man? I'm a little concerned about what they know me for. Well, they know I'm, you for being I'm a host. A little learned. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little nervous. Like, Do they know me as the guy who gets yelled at a bunch in the comment sections? Am I the... The, the guy from the, the churro step, like I, I'm kind of wondering, I'm hoping it's for podcast hosting, but but there are, they have another few options to choose from. And I'm kind of wondering which way do they, they, they go in that one. Well, I'm pretty sure that we people either we all do in, in doing this, that some people like us, some people hate us. So you know what, if as long as we're doing something, we're doing something right. So we're OK. Yep. Uh, what, what did you what did you think about the game in this one? I mean, I, I, I honestly it wasn't the, like the best played game, but it was a very entertaining basketball game. I mean, you know, the teams are going back and forth and, and kind of running up and down. Uh, officiating, that's something we'll touch on as well. The Lakers ended up getting just 11 foul calls against the Pelicans. Well, well, the Pelicans ended up drawing 26 fouls against the against the Lakers. I don't know why there was that much of a discrepancy, uh, especially looking at points in the paint and, and people getting to the rim. Uh, it, it was pretty damn equal. But what did you take away from this game, uh, Anthony? Well, I thought the rhythm was off just because there were so many calls. Uh, you know, obviously, as you said, the majority of them went in, in New Orleans' direction. And, and I think the Lakers deserve a lot of credit for not getting too frustrated um, and, and playing through those calls and taking care of business anyway. Look, the Pelicans are young. Like This is, this is what happens with young teams is uh, they put themselves in spots to succeed. But when, you know, the, the people who are going to get the majority of your touches are either barely able to drink legally or still not a- able to drink legally. Huh. You're you're going to run into some troubles, and and you know Zion had a few turnovers down the stretch there. Uh, Lonzo took, I thought, an ill-advised three down the stretch, and then you go on the other side of the court, and it's the opposite of that, where LeBron not only is he just this force of nature from the post where you can't single cover him, but you also can't really double cover him either because as soon as you send somebody to try to trap him. He's going to find either the pass that leads to the assist or the actual assist and find a wide open shooter. And if, you know, if the Lakers happen to hit those open shots, you, you don't really have much of a chance. Yeah, you're, you're right, man. And, and that's the thing I should mention as well for people who didn't watch the game or, or missed out on the news. Anthony Davis sat this one out. Uh, he's got the right knee issue. I don't know how serious it is. I'm assuming he'll just be maybe miss a game or two, but we'll see. And then Alex Caruso also out for this one as well. Uh, you're, you're right, man. I mean, it, it's interesting to see like the way LeBron, he's been like a magician. I think that Giannis is going to end up winning MVP. But to me, it is pretty damn clear that that LeBron, without LeBron on the Lakers, that the Lakers are maybe an eight seed. You know what I'm saying? I think he's made <laughs> such a big, such a big difference for them. And and how he he controls the offense, especially on a night like tonight where you don't have um, Anthony Davis on the floor. And then it, it, it's kind of weird because 
in the games Davis has missed, uh, Kuzma steps up and, and plays pretty well, and he hits some big shots. And you look at it, uh, Avery Bradley, Danny Green, uh, KCP, Markeith Morris, all these guys ended up in, in double figures. And like you said, I think that the result of that is because of LeBron being a master at running the offense. Yeah, it's just, it's, he's this insane kind of, it's one thing for him to be a cyborg athletically and physically and all that too, but for him to also have this incredible micro trip, like microprocessor in his brain that allows him to just see plays three steps ahead, it just feels kind of unfair. And, you know, it's funny, the the, the people who were calling the game, uh, Dave Fash and, and Doris Burke, the legend, were talking about how, yeah, Giannis is the MVP. He is the best player on one of the best regular season teams that we have ever seen. And, and you know, his stats would be even more insane if he had to play in fourth quarters, which he hasn't had to because the Bucs are just killing teams. Um, with all that said, LeBron is, is like right there in terms of what he means to this Lakers team that their secondary creator is Rajon Rondo. And, and <laughs> if, if, Le, if you cede control of the team to just Rajon Rondo, like you said, I don't even think the Lakers would be the eighth seed. I think they'd, they'd probably be, you know, one of the teams fighting for it. They, they, it's that steep of a drop off from LeBron to Rondo. Now the thing there is that like, they wouldn't have just Rondo. I think they'd build a team around AD a little bit better. I would hope, but still, you know, the, the point here that's being made is that this guy, LeBron, they've been begging him go in the post, go in the post, go in the post. And he's this six, eight, six, nine, two seventy, just behemoth of a man who, you know, they, at one point they started with Josh Hart. They started, then they uh, brought Drew Holiday over. Then they brought Brandon Ingram over and it felt Shaq-esque. You remember those old Shaq days when mm-hmm. you would just foul out player after player, after player, after player. And, and uh, here it felt the same thing here where, LeBron had matchup after matchup after matchup, and there was nothing that that New Orleans could do. There, and and there's nothing really most teams are going to be able to do other than hope that Kawhi or Paul George or Giannis hold their hold their own without giving too much up on the offensive end because of the wear and tear that's going to take. Yeah, and he he had some LeBron talking about had some like sick moves from the post today too, like the <laughs> the drop step and then and the spin moves, and he was making it look easy. And this was one of those like vintage LeBron games where you're like, all right, he's he's dialed in tonight, and he's making sure that they're going to come out with a win. And you're right. Now, you know, you're looking at the standings now um, <clears throat> firmly in at the seventh seed, but then you've got the Grizzlies who are, who are uh, three games up on the Pelicans, Kings and San Antonio Spurs. Uh, Portland Trailblazers right there as well, three and a half back, but I, I think they'll have a tough time jumping these teams. But who would you prefer that the Lakers play in, in the first round in terms of not only for the fact that they're going to win, but in terms of it being an entertaining series? Uh, uh, is there, is there, is there a way to get the Washington wizards in there (laughs) (laughs) in terms of like who I would like prefer to play, you know, all everything set aside. Now, I, I don't know. I think I'd like to play, uh, Portland. I think the thing when you play these young athletic teams is they're kind of too young to recognize that they should be. They should take that moment a little bit more seriously. And they, they play with this kind of reckless abandon, understanding that they have nothing to lose here. Whereas like a more veteran team, they know that the playoff matchup isn't really in their favor. And yeah, Dame scares the hell out of me in a playoff series. But, but you know, I, I Hassan Whiteside would scare the hell out of me if I was a Blazers fan, you know. And, and it's not like Nurkic is going to be able to come back from that crazy injury and, and be able to do much. So I, I think... If there's a type of team I would like to play, I would like to play one of those veteran teams, whether it's the Spurs or the, the Trailblazers. 
because they know that they're up against it. They know they don't have a chance and they know how that's probably going to go. Whereas like these young, super athletic teams, they also know that, but they don't really care. And they're athletic enough to just punish you for game after game after game uh, and really make you earn it in ways that, you know, a, a mediocre old team might not. Yeah, and that's the thing, though. Even this, like this, I, I would love to see the, the, the Pelicans play the, the Lakers in the first round just because of the fact that we're going to get LeBron versus Zion at least four times. You know what I mean? I think the Lakers probably win that in five, maybe six. But um, to me, I just want to see like the type of basketball they were playing today, although, like you said, it was a little bit choppy with the, with the refing. Uh, I just love the fact that they were just kind of going back and forth, up and down, and, and it was just a good, entertaining game. So to me, I don't think any of those teams should scare the Lakers or be like, oh, damn, that's going to be a really, really tough series. I think the Lakers beat, and I, like you mentioned, I think Portland and San Antonio is probably a five-game series. Um, you know, the, the Grizzlies, Pelicans, Kings uh, were teams, especially the lesser seeds might get, you know, like you mentioned, these young guys, they're playing at home. They might get excited by that. So I, I think that can go, you know, five or six. But uh, to me, it still is the Pelicans just for entertainment value. Yeah, yeah. It, that's if you're asking from a, from an NBA fan standpoint, the, the obvious answer is the Pelicans. You yeah. get Zion in a first round and and you get Anthony Davis going to New Orleans and 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 you get that entire storyline. I really think I'm trying to add while we're talking here, but in the last two games, LeBron has scored 74 points. He's tallied 19 assists and he has grabbed 20 rebounds over over the last two games against New Orleans. I, I think he really takes it he takes it on himself to to kind of remind everybody, hey, these guys really kind of messed with our season last year. I want to be there for for my guy Anthony Davis and also remind Zion Williamson that it isn't quite his time right now. So if that's his numbers in two games in regular season play where he isn't playing, you know, the the longer minutes that he would normally play in a, in a playoff series uh and and he won't be playing with the same kind of intensity. He has been playing with the same kind of intensity that he will be in the playoffs. Like if that's what he's doing in two regular season games, I can't wait to see what he does in, in, in a four game playoff series against uh, new Orleans. Oh yeah. He can put up, he can, he can average 35 uh, a night, you know, in that, in that series. Yeah, you're right. They, they have nobody like they, they have no answers for him. They have nobody who could, who could guard him, who he matches up with. And then he even took it on himself towards the end of the game on the fourth quarter to start guarding Zion. And so he's yeah. up like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to, I'm not going to just coast on the, uh, on the defensive end. It was interesting. You were men mentioning that passion um, and Doris Burke were talking about this on the ESPN feed after the game. When you look at it now, like I mentioned at the top, the Lakers five and a half up on the, on the Clippers and, and Nuggets for the, for the one seed. I, I don't see them, you know, folding like a cheap tent over the last 23 games here and, and finding a way to get caught like that. Uh, do you look at giving LeBron some games off at the end then? Yeah, I, I think we're already we've already seen it once with LeBron in where, where did he not play? He took a night off against Golden State. Uh, Anthony Davis got the night off tonight. The Lakers were able to win both of those games. Obviously, I think the entire team took off the took the other night off against Memphis. So, you know, when you can load manage and also play guys, I think they're going to take those opportunities as well. Uh, but but the, the Lakers like they could push themselves and really go for, you know, 65-ish wins or whatever. But I think they'll be able to coast and and take advantage of this. And this is why you do that. Like, this is why you push as hard as the Lakers did at the beginning of the season so that you can, you you know, the, the, the analogy to making baseball is when baseball teams will line their pitching staff up, even if it costs them a game here and there over the last stretch of the season. That's what you can do when you when you build yourself a lead and you look at the other team's like, I don't think the Clippers want to be in that. Like, nobody wants the four 
spot in the West. Nobody wants a five spot in the West. So you have these teams, the the Denver Nuggets, the Clippers. Uh, I, I think Dallas is going to get in there too. Uh, OKC is is going to be heard from at some point here. Uh, I think Utah is going to continue to fall off. But you have all these really good teams that are going to be vying. Houston, I think, I, I, I hope I mentioned. All, like th- Those are at least between the Lakers, Clippers, Denver, and Houston. Those are four really good teams. And nobody wants that four spot. Nobody. So it's going to be interesting to see who, you know, how the Lakers handle the end of the season and which teams really push themselves to stay out of that four spot. Yeah, and it's so it's so close. I mean, uh, the the Nuggets and Clippers are tied, as I mentioned. Uh, Rockets are only a game and a half. You did mention Utah has, has fell off quite a bit, and then I, I don't see OKC probably making the jump or, or or catching those. I just think four games is, is too many with with you know twenty some odd games left for most teams. But um, yeah, it, it, it's going to be interesting, man. I'm looking forward to like just the, the playoffs itself. Like you're going to have the Lakers against a, 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 a upstart young team. It looks like in the, in the first round. Uh, if, it, if it ends up being Houston or Utah in the second round, I think Houston wins that series. And then you're going to get the, the, the Nuggets or Clippers in the Western final. So uh, this is shaping up. And I'm, I'm looking forward towards the stretch run of the season here to see see how things shake out. But I, I agree with you. I think if you're sitting there with with you know four-game lead at the last two, three games of the year, yeah, just get, get LeBron out and, and let him rest and relax and go to his um, whatever it is that he does for his health stuff and get ready and, and come out and start kicking ass in the playoffs. Because I, I expect him to, to drop basically 30 a game uh, right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, he's going to have to really carry the Lakers. You know, I, we're going to talk here about Deion Waiters here in a second and, and the releasing of Troy Daniels, but the Lakers at the trade deadline didn't go out and get him somebody who could feasibly help carry the creative load. So what that means in the playoffs is that LeBron is going to have to play 35, 36-plus minutes of you know heavy lifting on the offensive end and and if you can get him some rest before the, that stretch happens, then then you really have to do it. Yeah, and I, I agree with you on that too. So that's going to be that's going to be interesting to see. You did mention the Troy Daniels being uh, released. Uh, let's jump into that after a short break. All right, and we are back. Uh, Troy Daniels, he was he was let go by the team. Uh, now you're hearing reports basically that Dion Waiter is still scheduled to have a workout with the Lakers. We'll have a meeting with them. Um, what do you think of that fit, bringing him in here? I like it, too, because he is a guy who, like you mentioned, uh, he's, I don't think he's going to consistently be able to put up you know, good numbers, 15 a game or whatever, but he's a guy who has a potential to, in the playoffs, come out and score 25 points off the bench and get hot and, and be able to kind of run the, not run the offense, but be an offensive spark plug when LeBron's not on the floor. And you, we saw that a bit in that in that game uh, earlier to, against the Pelicans where, you know, the, the LeBron went off, the Lakers had a five-point lead, he came back on, and they were down by two, I think it was, like right away, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, right away. So uh, I think it's imperative. I think Marquise Morris it w- it definitely helps with that. What do you think of the fit of, of Dion Waiters on this squad? I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't really think, like the talent is, has never really been in question there. He's, he's always going to be able to get buckets. Like he'll be 57 years old just tearing up the big three or something like that. But, yeah. but I, the, the problem, the problem with like Dion waiters is I don't know where his head's at. And, and that's been a consistent theme over the course of his career. Like when LeBron went to Cleveland from Miami, it took him three games to get sick of playing with Dion waiters. Yeah. And he first asked for him to be benched. And then, you know, eventually waiters was traded. Um, and, and, you know, we saw how that went in Miami. He had that one really, really good year. You know, albeit in a contract year, but he gets paid, comes back the next year. There were there was the the team photo that got memed like crazy on Twitter, and then uh, there was the conduct detrimental to the team before, and that's all before we got to this latest 
edible thing, which felt like the the straw that broke Pat Riley's back. And and you know you, you go now here and like yes, we've seen Dwight Howard be reclaimed, and yes, Rob Polinka's judgment is is going to be the final say here. But I, like personally, is there is there going to be such a huge difference in what uh, Dion Waiters can give you compared to like what Quinn Cook could give you? Or what Alex Caruso could give you in longer minutes, like that. And and the concern here too is that if you if you sign Dion Waiters, and he does earn or, or demand a role or something like that, and the Lakers give him a role, well, we probably know he's not getting Rondo's minutes. So then, whose minutes is he taking? He's probably not taking Avery Bradley's, and th- that leaves the the backcourt uh, rotation minutes that he could take would be Caruso's. And Caruso has been one of the the Lakers, maybe the the, the Lakers, and just in terms of raw net rating, uh, has been the most impactful player on the Lakers this season. And I don't I don't want to do anything that would risk his role, Caruso's role, that is. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that too. I but I I do disagree on the one, on one thing though is that that with LeBron here, and I think it's 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 a different LeBron than it was when he was in. Uh, um, in Miami, I think you he know he, he's going to have more of a he's going to have more of a um, like a, a iron fist with it. Like, hey, if this guy's not playing well and he's not doing his job, you know they're gonna they're gonna just be like, hey, get this guy. You know what? Get him out of here. I think it's a yeah. low risk move. And to me, I think the big thing is it's it it gives it gives um, Frank Vogel another option. And and I think you know because I, I will look at it and say this: it's an upgrade over Troy Daniels, no matter what. Yeah. You know, if it, you know, just looking at all things being considered, it's like, yeah, I'd rather have Dion Waiters at the end of my bench than than Troy Daniels. It it adds a different dimension. You're right about that, though. I don't think it should be eating into into uh, Caruso's minutes. A guy like Rondo who plays good once every 12 games and craps the bed the rest of them. Yeah, he probably shouldn't be getting his run. But I think the interesting part about the Lakers bench this year has been that they don't really have like if everybody was kind of hoping it would be Kyle Kuzma. Like, hey, he's putting up 20 a game off the bench or 18 a game off the bench. He hasn't been consistent. But when they're getting production from like KCP sometimes, and, and now you're going to have Morris can have a big game. Dwight Howard's had a few big games. I think Waiters kind of fits in that role that you're probably not going to rely on him to do it every night. Troy Daniels compared to compared to Dion Waiters, Dion Waiters is an upgrade, right? You'd rather have Waiters at the end of your mm-hmm. bench rather than rather than Daniels. So for me, I think uh, you know the Lakers this season, and as much as we were hoping that Kuzma would be a guy who consistently put up you know 16, 17, 18 points a game off the bench, he hasn't been that. And so you know we've seen that now at, at roughly 60 games in that what you're getting. So I, I think that, that having Dion Waiters there adds another element to the bench that, okay, it's an option that hopefully this guy can come in and score 15 points once every five or six games. And then I think it'll be a worth it signing. If not, uh, again, I think it immediately upgrades a roster it might not be by a ton, but it upgrades a roster compared to what it was yesterday. Yeah. I mean, when, when the Lakers signed Markeith Morris, he was, he was inherently going to be an upgrade over DeMarcus cousins because he was literally going to play. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And and so here with with if they go in the direction of Dion Waiters, which we don't know for sure, he's just working out. But if they go in the direction of Dion Waiters and he plays at all, then by definition, he's going to be an upgrade over Troy Daniels, who was not playing. My concern, though, is like if he if Dion Waiters does play, whose minutes is he taking? Now, if Vogel does go in the direction and, and, and Waiters does take some of Rondo's minutes, per se, or Avery Bradley's minutes, then then fine. Then that's a that's a great signing. And and I'm I'm perfectly okay with it, uh, but just leave Caruso's minutes alone. And we've already seen how those minutes can be, you know, kind of come and go with the changes of the wind. And and I just I, I don't want to do anything that risks that because he's been that good for the Lakers this year. Yeah, I'm with you on that. He's been he's been a huge player because you can't. And that's the thing. Sometimes people will look at 
um, especially casual fans, sometimes will just look at, well, Caruso, he's not putting up that many points. He only averages five. It's like, no, but what he does and what he brings to the table, the team still really needs, whether that's defensively, um, you know, making sure that he takes care of, uh, you know, the, coming on and working hard and, and, and getting steals and, and being in the right spot in terms of defensive rotation. So to me, yeah, I don't think Caruso's spot should, it should even be like up for debate. Like he, he's earned the fact that he's going to be playing, you know, 10, 12, sometimes 15 minutes a night. Yeah, he, he should be. Uh, we just know that, you know, team politics have, have played a role in who gets which minutes and who plays which role. So, you know, We'll see how that goes if 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 they do go in the direction of waiters. I I, I would just that that's just the number one. Even aside from because you're right, uh, LeBron is going to be a loud enough voice to to keep waiters down. Uh, if the if things don't go well, like if if waiters convinces Palinka that he's matured, and then excuse me, and then comes onto the roster and shows that he hasn't in fact matured, then they can just cut him. Right? It's a lot easier to cut somebody at the end of, in, at the end of your bench. Than it was for Cleveland to to part ways with him uh, back when he was up there, and then then it was for even Miami went who just waived him as well, um, and and so like the other thing too, the, uh, it, this is kind of intangible. It's kind of a hard way to define these things because it's completely anecdotal evidence. But one of the things I always do when the Lakers make an acquisition is I look for the reaction of the the players' former fans, right? Uh, like for example, if if you were if you're a Detroit Pistons fan and the Lakers traded you Svee Mikhailuk last year, right? Yeah. And you saw a, a whole bunch of people. It wasn't like people were devastated. But it was like, ah, oh, man, that really kind of sucks, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and and then you kind of you look at the reaction when Waiters just departed Miami now this time. And literally nobody was <laughs> saying anything close to that sucks. Everybody was just like, all right, fine, finally, just go, yeah. go away, get, just get of out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. And, and I think, I don't know how to factor that into these things or how much that should matter or whatever, but for me personally, like, I'm a Dodgers fan, and, and when they acquired, uh, was it Crawford? What was Crawford's first name, the, the outfielder? But when, when they acquired Crawford and uh, Boston fans were like, good riddance, get this guy out of here. That's when I kind of knew, all right, that probably this probably isn't going to go very well. But then you can compare in that in that very same trade, they got Adrian Gonzalez and Boston's fans were like, man, I wish that guy the best. He was a great Boston Red Sox. He was this. He was that and that. And you saw the way that those two guys careers went when they when they came to L.A. Gonzalez became an immediate fan favorite, uh, put up great production until obviously he, he wore and toured to the end of his career. And Crawford went the opposite direction, was somebody that people just kind of mocked by the time that his contract mercifully, mercifully ended. And and here with Waiters, you know, it makes me a little nervous that n- literally nobody in Miami is sitting here saying, man, it's too bad we don't have Deion Waiters anymore. Yeah, he's, I think he's long past, long past. I think this is just a shot, shot in the dark for them. And you're right, man. I mean, um he can come in and, and totally employ it. And mind you, we did think that about Dwight too, right? Before, and you mentioned that, yeah. that hey, he might be a head case Great and, and screw things up and, and he's fit in seamlessly. He's been one of the better Lakers, you know, and consistent throughout the entire season. So I, I think it's a, it's a gamble you're, you're, you're willing to take at this point because you're not really messing with the, the immediate rotation. You're just like, all right, let's see if this guy's better than Troy Daniels and can bring an element that we kind of do need off the bench and, and, and are going to need one of the bench guys to, you know, they're going to have a podium game in the playoffs and, and Dion Waiters, has the capability of doing that. Uh, we'll wrap up on this. 
if there's is there any other player out there that you might like look at right now and like and if they don't go with waiters i guess tyler johnson I, I don't know if he was officially waived i know there was some some you know talk of of that maybe happening but not really honestly i think at this point the lakers the the lakers best chance of upgrading their roster is for vogel to get his rotations in order and find better roles for the players that they currently have. Most, mo- more often than not, the guys who get bought out were bought out for reasons because nobody wanted to give up any assets to trade for that player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darren Collison was kind of a unique situation because, you know, he he just passed up on tens of millions of dollars this past summer and and could have potentially really helped a playoff team. But usually in these situations. Those guys who get bought out are are available for for a reason. I also I also find it kind of fitting, and, and I can't help but chuckle at this that that Dion Waiters himself would be a heat check on the part of the Lakers. Like they made White <laughs> Howard work, and then they're like, "All right, screw it." They're yelling, "Kobe, we're gonna go for Waiters yeah. and see how that thing goes." <laughs> Well, hey, you know what? We saw it. It worked out the other way last year when they bought in Lance Stevenson, Michael Michael Beasley, and other head cases. So maybe they're getting a little bit of luck uh, on on that front right now. Uh, Anthony, yeah. fun to do this, man. We're gonna be we're gonna be doing this like I said the next couple of weeks for sure on Sundays. Uh, looking forward to to doing the next one already, man. Anytime, man. This is a lot of fun. All right, that's uh, Anthony Irwin. Uh, of course, he's a part of our Silver Screen and Roll podcast network. Don't forget to subscribe. Uh, give us a five star rating. We'd always appreciate that as well. And you can get your podcast, get our podcast. Uh, anywhere you get your fix, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Google Podcasts, you name it, we are there. And of course, silverscreenandroll.com for all your Lakers needs. That does it for this episode. I'll catch you all next week. <laughs>